All topics covered here are for conversational purposes only and do not constitute financial advice. Please contact Mulcane Co. to receive advice on all matters from one of our professionals. Welcome to episode 11 of the FS360 podcast. Welcome today again by um, super hosts Gav Nash and Chris Mulcahy. G'day, Chris. G'day, Gav. How are you? Well, we're all on the countdown. I'm going well, but we're on the countdown to June 30. Yes, that's what today's episode's all about. Yep, that's one positive of being an accountant. You get two New Year's Eves for the year, so we can't yep. wait. <laughs> oh, that, I think locally, the yeah, New Year's Eve or the last business day is always called tradie night out, you know, at the pubs. But, you know, the accountant's night out is coming. Oh, certainly. So just, yeah, just be mindful. Don't be out and about that night because <laughs> although this, this year it could be a bit different, couldn't it? Because, you know, with the restrictions on and so forth, yep. yeah, the accountants mightn't be out in force like they usually are. On You're going to have to gather in smaller groups at someone's yeah. house probably. Yeah, it could yeah. be dangerous. Yes. Jeepers. Oh, well, that's coming and it's coming down up to us. It's only the 12th today, but we've only got sort of three weeks to go and, and it's all over for yeah. June 30. So. Look, having said that, Chris, um, a little, couple of little updates. We've uh, the instant tax write-off coming from the government, federal government, um, was increased from thirty thousand to one hundred and fifty thousand. So you can instantly um, write off any purchases up to that amount for your business. Um, that has been extended to December thirty-one. Yeah, which is fantastic news because we were a little bit concerned. Look, obviously, to be increased to that $150,000 plus GST figure for new or used items, which is absolutely fantastic. Like. You know, doing tax planning this time of year, it's been a, a great tool to be able to use to manage tax this financial year. But there was that concern come 1st of July, it goes back to the original amount in the legislation, which is $1,000. So mm. we could understand that the tax office and government were probably holding off telling us that, you know, maybe it wasn't going to revert back to $1,000, maybe it was going to go back to the um, $30,000. But I guess the idea was was to create a bit of uh, a need to sort of make decisions this financial year to be out there buying things just to spur the economy on. So, yeah, no, it is great news that they've come out with that because we don't want clients just rushing out buying things for the sake of it and rushing purchases. So I think now giving that little bit of extra time and then maybe implementing other tax planning initiatives this year with the knowledge that you've got that 150000 through to the end of December. And that planning is important because I suppose, you know, no one likes to make a $115,000 decision, you know, in a week or two weeks or something. If, if you can take a bit of extra time, you might, you know, it might be benefit your business down the track. But a couple of our direct clients here, Chris, uh, obviously in, in um, you know, we've got a, a track dealership that we do some work with, but, you know, um, it's been real for some of those retail businesses that hundred under 150 instant tax write-off has meant customers walking through the door rather than crickets, you know, nobody turning up and no phone calls. Yeah, so that's right. It just helps with that decision-making, doesn't it? So yeah. it does, yeah, provide that incentive to make a decision and save a bit of tax along the way. So, no, look, it has been good. And I think just that, um, you know, just across the board this time of year and that concern with the end of June and all these stimulus packages starting to slow down a bit as as things get back in the gear but and then the end of September. But having a bit of certainty that it's going to be there for another six months yep. is, is just really positive. And just a little uh, reminder, so if it's a vehicle you're purchasing, so a car for your business, um, you can only claim up to the luxury car tax, which is 57800 So that's part of it. Now, Gav, um, you're trying to give, give tax advice. <laughs> no, it's actually the depreciation cost limit. Is it? Yeah. That what they call yeah. it? Sorry. Yeah. 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 Depreciation so, yeah. cost limit. So, yeah. for example, a business might buy a new printing press or a new tractor. Yep. Um, they can spend up to 150. Yep. But uh, if you're a, you know, if you're a, a business that has got a, a car or a vehicle or a delivery van, you can claim up to that threshold. 
Yeah, so look, I guess most business people, and this is a bit of a generalisation as a comment, but you know, would have their personal car within the business structure and get the tax benefits associated with that. So I guess what the tax office have put in place is to sort of say, look, that's fair enough, but for depreciation purposes, we can only let you claim up to a certain limit, yep. which is just under that $60,000 figure. So yeah, so if you're going to rush out and buy a $100,000 car, be mindful that you can only claim up to that depreciation cost limit. And I think um, I was ta- actually talking to someone in the car industry, uh, not a client, just someone that I know uh, in the car industry, and they said that they, they went super quiet for about three weeks when, when coronavirus happened and then the, in, the instant tax uh, write-off was released and then all of a sudden back to business. So it has really made a difference to that whole industry. Yeah. yeah cars and, and uh, other items, anything, machinery, anything up to that 150. Yeah, and just even chatting to the um, lending guys this week, even with that $25,000 initiative for mm. the building industry, those types of things do make a difference, don't yeah. they? It sort of helps people with that, with, uh, that decision-making, to sort yep. of say, look, yep, it's out there, it's available, let's, you know, take up the opportunity. And look, um, the home builder, as we spoke about last week, it has got some sort of rules around it, so obviously have a look, but, you know, when, when else in the past, Chris, have we been able to put our hand out to the government for a free $25,000 to to help you build a house. And it's not, it's not you know, limited to first-time builders or whatever. It's anyone can do it. So, look, again, talking to some real estate people in real estate, they said land sales have, yep. have really spiked. Um, so people are obviously thinking, maybe even got their plan picked out. They've got sort of – and now they're saying, right, let's put a deposit down on this block of land. Let's get it done. Yeah, and I think a lot of the builders were concerned about that September timeframe, like they had a lot of jobs in the system but were probably going to be completed – from July onwards through to September and they thought what the hell is going to happen then because we've had this big gap where nothing was signed up or put to contract but I think yeah they're starting to feel a lot more positive I think yeah there's been a lot of activity of late and so yeah I think it's it's a really positive because we do need the building industry to be yeah it it just supports so many other support industries doesn't it trades as well as you know um, sales real estate that sort of thing but even the um and you only really have to have it signed up by the end of the year and you only have to have it started by the end of March. So that building industry, they might be looking at this is going to stimulate them right through to the end of next year, um, which is, I suppose, what it's designed to do. So, yeah, so that's, um, that's the the home builder. So that, that has created what we mentioned last week and when we introduced home builder because it only happened the day before our podcast last week. So within that week, it really has yeah. made a big difference to the industry. So really good uh, good result from a government initiative. Yep, so at the moment busy sort of working through the end of June with the tax planning, so it's uh, never too late until you get to the 30th of June to put in uh, place initiatives to reduce tax. So, yeah, so look, there's still enough time to, you know, whether it's super contributions, but as we mentioned in an earlier podcast, you'd really want your super contributions in by, you know, around that 20th of June um, just for, you know, make sure it does actually transfer and gets uh, deposited to the relevant fund. But, um, yeah, so there's a lot of activity. I think the other thing with the 150 uh, increase of that instant write-off, um, it was probably a bit of a challenge in some areas where you actually couldn't get the machines or couldn't get the piece of equipment. So yep. that was a little bit frustrating. But It had to be installed by June 30, yeah. ready for use kind yep. of thing. Yep, yeah, that's right. So, and I think a lot of the uh, – I've sort of heard this probably more in the manufacturing space where it was a bit of a lull with – um, you know, factories being shut down and so forth. So the actual ability to get your hands on, whether it's a ute or a other piece of equipment, has been a bit difficult. And considering some equipment like trailers, sometimes they're custom-made, you know, they need to be made a certain way and they've got to go through a factory 
uh, custom make process for that to happen. So it gives it gives that yeah those factories that opportunity to, to sort of purchase right or manufacture right up to June, yeah, that's December right. thirty one. Yep. So it has been good. So it just yeah it just provide that yeah, a little bit of extra time and. As we mentioned, I think a few weeks ago, that um, that installed ready for use is very important because mm. we've had some clients that ordered something and paid a, a deposit, might have got a tax invoice even, dated December, but the item hasn't arrived until the middle of March or yep. uh, further on. So, given the fact that it was, you know, it might have even been paid for prior to that, but if it wasn't installed ready to, to use until after all of these stimulus packages came in, well, we can actually claim it under these new rules. So, okay. Yeah, yep. so you need to be mindful of that. So get in touch with your accountant. <laughs> definitely, definitely. For that professional advice, not the... Or, uh, your, or your marketing expert that can give tax advice as well. <laughs> no, yeah, not the conversational advice we've been giving yeah. on this podcast. No, that's good. Um, did you want to run through anything else there, Chris, or is that a bit of an update? I was just wondering if you wanted to talk about the football, Gav, last night. Well, it was just, yeah, well, I don't know if it was disappointing or it was good or what it was, you know. Richmond boring. and Collingwood, it was, it was, it was, sort of boring it was a bit match. boring. But yeah. I think a lot, lot of the players thought they were just going to roll in and hit every target and it just didn't yeah, happen. Yeah. Even the likes of Dusty Martin just missing goals yeah. and yeah, missed kicking. I think Basher Hooley might have missed his foot at one stage. Trying to kick it. Yeah, so. look, they were trying to blame the Jew there at one stage. You got a bit slippery, I think. And then someone, I think they were saying that because the crowd aren't there, that it absorbed the moisture, it was more <laughs> Jew. So anyhow, look. Well, it's, yeah. it's, you could either blame that, coronavirus, the protesters, you yeah. could claim anything. Yeah, you could that's sort of, right. You know, Richmond and Collingwood supporters would be blaming anything for that. Yeah, that's right. But look, no doubt it would be a much better match tonight. So I think that that's yeah. that's probably the key one. High-quality teams, yeah. Geelong yeah. Yeah, and Hawthorne. They're a high-quality team. And teams, uh, so. down at the Cattery too. So look out. Yes. Now it'll be um, the poor old Geelong locals. They can't go and watch. Oh, no. That's uh, yeah. Anyway, they love their Cattery down there, don't yeah. they? Yeah. The crowd gets in. It gets pretty hostile. Um. Chris, we're going to move on to our win of the week. We're going to feature our lending department today. Actually, our lending and legal department have partnered in with each other. Um, we've had a uh, legal guys were, were assisting this this couple who had gone through a marriage breakup into um, separating some of the property they owned. So one of them was commercial property. Um, Look, uh, one of the partners wanted to take it over and, and, and keep it long term, but there was an issue with things like you know reduced income. It was no longer seen as as a dual income family, so there was yeah you know, dependent kids involved. So our lending department was sort of able to sort of sort through their raft of lenders and come up with a a lender um, that did what's called a lease doc product, which means basically as long as the lease that's that the the commercial property is already being leased for, as long as that's going to cover the debt or cover the repayments each month, uh, the, this lender was happy to do it. So I suppose it was an example of something that's not run of the mill in every day that happens all the time and the lending and legal guys here being able to jump in together and work out a bit of a solution um, with a product that isn't a normal product that they would see every single month or every single week. So that was a real win for the, for the two guys and especially for the person involved. Um, they can continue um, holding on to that property rather than sort of selling everything at, at the time of divorce. Yeah, and look, I think that's a key thing too. Look, you know, the situation or those types of circumstances are bad enough without then from a financial point of view having the stress or the issue associated with a forced sale. Like, and particularly at the moment, the last thing you want to probably be doing is putting something on the market that has to be sold. Yep. Um, and there's probably pressure from the banks or whoever else to get it sold, to get cash back in the system. So... Yeah, to come up with a product like that, a solution, is, yeah, it just 
takes so much pressure off everyone. So yep. yeah, no, the the uh, guys involved did a fantastic job. Um, and I think it's an example of sort of uh, you know, two different divisions sort of working together to make sure that um, the legal guys obviously were, were um, dealing on the conveyancing side and the yep. legalities of the pit, of the the property and changing titles and all that sort of stuff, names on titles. So um, yeah, it was just and a real win for the for the lending guys here, I suppose Neil McCann and his crew um, to come up with that great solution. So that's a good win of the week. We didn't want it all to be about marketing. No, no, that's right. You know, yeah, I've had, Prob- I've, I've yeah probably every second week. Every yeah. second week marketing or – I did have two or three lined up, but anyway. Yeah, that's we'll right. Go the, we'll go with the lending one. Yeah, no, look, I think it's, uh, it's, it's sort of been, you know, continuing on. I think, you know, I have put a plug in here for the accountants because, yeah, we're continuing to soldier on and, yes. you know, the whole job keeper process and so forth, but and tax planning. So, no, look, it's been um, – yeah, we're all looking forward to the end of June, no doubt about that and – but yeah, look, it's 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 been good though. You can sort of sense now as things start to open up, businesses much more positive. Yep. There's just that positive vibe. Not so, so we, much doom and gloom. Yeah, that's right. So we hope that continues. You know, there's a lot of talk in the media about how long this job keep is going to keep going for and so forth. But I think at the end of the day, businesses just want to get on with it. Yeah, like, yeah they just want to get it back open. Yeah, they would yeah. much prefer to actually be trading and not relying on yeah. this uh, government assistance. So I think that's what their key focus is. Well, I know we can't measure all industries, but, you know, walking into cafes at the moment, like there's just people everywhere, isn't there? Everyone's you know, up and about. They're doing their right thing and they're staying yeah. socially distanced. But jeepers, I went in to get a coffee the other day. I think I was fourth in line. I was out the door waiting for a takeaway. The whole place inside was packed, you know, within reason with the reduced tables. All of the outside tables were full. Yeah. So, yeah, I think they're, they're back. People are sick of being yeah. at home and they want to get out and about. And how how are you going with the shaking of hands thing, Gav? Like it's sort of you walk in, you know, we're getting more and more clients back into the office and yes. it's sort of that awkwardness <laughs> sort of walk in. You and really want to put think, a T-shirt on that says, I'm not going to shake your no, hand just right, in that, case. Yeah. But anyway, I think we're working through that and yeah. yeah. I have had a couple of people throw their hand out yeah. and uh, yesterday actually I had two people at the same client sort of throw their hand out yeah. and I went, ah, well, you know, yeah, there's yeah, been I no think, cases yeah. so I'll just rip yeah, their hand. Exactly. But it's sort of one of those things that, um, yeah, as you say, socially it's going to be one of those tough things. What do you do? Yeah, because we've always done it and you yeah. probably just – it's all part of that, uh, I guess, the um, process or, yeah. you know, that relationship you have, you know, yeah. shake hands and that, yeah, you go from there and there's always something you take out of the handshake, how firm it is, how firm <laughs> – so it's one of those weird things. So it's probably a good thing that we don't sort of. You and know. you know, if, and sometimes I think I look at someone, I think you're you're in the at risk category, so they might be a bit older, and I think I shouldn't shake hands in case I've got it or whatever. But um, the other thing is the hugging. You know, what about the families? You know, you, you see yeah. your your nephews or whatever, or your yeah. nieces, and you think oh, I'll give them a cuddle or my grandma, but can't do that much either. Yeah. At the yeah. Anyway. Uh, look, uh, maybe that was Richmond's problem because they're sort of a touchy feely yeah. type team, aren't they? Yeah, not enough sort of yeah. bonding. Yeah. Yeah, they've been apart. That's their problem. Yeah. They love being together, the boys down at Tigerland. Now that's great. So that, that's our win of the week, um, which was a shout-out to Brad uh, Matthews in legal and Neil McCann in lending just and his team, their teams getting it all done. We're going to move on to 22 things we have learned in 22 years of business at Mulcahy Co. Just a quick recap. Number one was it's a marathon, not a sprint. We spoke about... Um, uh, financial securities marathon, not a sprint, whether that's business or individual. Um, second one last week was trust your gut. So you know your industry really well. Trust yep. your uh, Back gut. Back yourself. Back yourself in. Have a, yep. Have a crack. So we're going to push over to um, to the all-knowledgeable Chris for number three. Yep. Just uh, just a bit of a recap. This 22 things we've learned in 22 years. We thought we better um, 
let everyone know we've actually been in business for 22 years. I had that new client come in and thought we were pretty new. We'd only just sort of arrived as, as a business, but I explained that. We've been here a little while. but um, So we just thought, yeah, just having a chat amongst ourselves, there is probably a lot we've learnt over the journey. And, um, and then, yeah, so we thought we'd come up with this. But this one's an interesting one, um, and I'll call it the phantom employee. Okay. So are they not real? Sort of, yeah. So what it is, Gav, is that you sort of get up and running and start employing and look, your, your first employee is always probably the hardest. You think, how the hell am I going to pay this person and you go through that process? But then you um, – but once you get to your ninth, what you find is there's always one away. Oh, so once you hit about nine, yep. you've never got a full team at work. Is that what there's you're always saying? someone on leave. Um, Annual leave. Yep, something's happening. leave. Yep. yep. So – I think as a business, you need to be aware of that once you're sort of getting a few employees on board, you're getting to that stage where you're managing people. Yeah, so we, we, we touched on that um, when we learnt or when we're talking about, um, you know, the, the uh, 10 characteristics of a great business. And, yeah, I think it was more that, you know, you need to be aware as, you know, as you become a manager of your business as opposed to being on the tools or doing whatever you did to begin the business. So... But as you get more and more employees, there is that realisation that there's always someone on leave or someone away or someone at training even. So yeah, you're yeah. always doing something. Study. And, yeah. Something so like you've that. got to factor that into your overall planning and understand that, yep. You're not going to be able to charge nine of them out on an hourly rate, say. No, that's for 40 right. hours a week. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So there's always going to be something going on. So if you don't realise that, you can be sort of come a bit frustrating. Where the hell is that person? Or, you know. Yeah. yeah. So Why are we always short? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you've just got to factor that into your planning. It could be what you're promising your clients for turnaround times or whatever. You just got to keep it in mind for that yep, sort of thing, I exactly. suppose. The phantom employee. Maybe we can come up with a little little icon, little phantom yeah, icon logo. That's right. That's right. Just to help explain things. That's great. So that's our third uh, twenty-two thing of the twenty-two things we've learned in twenty-two years in business, Mulcahy Co. So that's number three, and we'll bring you another one next week. Okay, Chris, we're going to move on to our final um, segment of the week. It's called our um, recession-busting tip of the week. We're right up to number 11. Oh, number 10, sorry. Yep, We're up so, to number 10. Yep, so number 10, big one and very timely, tax planning. Don't pay the government more tax than you have to. So I guess at this stage of the year, you've got, you know, we've got roughly 20 more days to minimise our tax. So there's a lot of tools, opportunities out there to minimise tax and... Hold on to more of that hard-earned cash yourself so that you can invest it in your business, invest it in wealth creation, go and spend it on yourself or just get your business prepared for, you know, what, we're, what we keep talking about. We're a little bit negative but reality is things are going to get a bit tougher in the future so the more cash that you can conserve now the better. And that comes back to that original conversation I think in, in about episode one or two where we said, you know, you can focus on how much money you're earning, how much business you're bringing in but if you don't focus on how much is going back out the other the other the back door, to paying tax or to you know expenses, um, it's just just as important to keep an eye on those expenses as it is uh, income. Yeah, that's exactly right. And the key is a tax problem is a good problem, just as long as you've planned for it. Yep. And you've, you've got the money. Yep. There's no point you know getting to September, October, November and doing your tax returns and realising you've got a big tax bill like that just. Yeah, you know, it's too late, obviously. Yes. So the key is in this last 20 days, if you haven't already got your tax planning under control, get that done ASAP. Make sure you're conserving as much of that 
cash that's yours in your pocket rather than giving it to the tax office because the tax office will be trying to get as much as they can because they need to repay a, a bit yes. of debt and so forth. Um, and, yeah, just so that you're, you know, um, creating that bit of a buffer for the months and years ahead. And just to make sure you consult the professionals in that, you know, talk, talk to your accountant here at Mulcanco and make sure you get the right advice. And um, you may have read somewhere or heard on a podcast a marketing guy talking about, you know, tax <laughs> advantages. So uh, get your professional advice on, in those areas. Well, that's great, Chris. That's a wrap. Um, thank you for everyone for listening. That's episode 11 of the FS360 podcast. We're coming to you every week. So um, tune in next week. Um, we did talk about HubDoc this week, but not enough people did their homework, Chris. So yes. we need them to go and do some homework on HubDoc, yep. do a bit of read up. And we're going to have one of the experts here yep. in next week for our HubDoc discussion. So yes. um, very important if you're in business, so let's get all those documents in order and we'll talk about all that yep. next so week. So very exciting times and a great opportunity as we start a new financial year to get your records in order and there's no excuse with zero and HubDoc not to have them in order. Yep. Keep them all in one spot. Thanks, Chris. Great episode. See you all next week. Thanks, Gav.